This is the Ned Group Investments Podcast, a space where you can learn more about our fund managers, the funds they manage, as well as getting up-to-date and important developments affecting the investment world and how they might be relevant to you. I'm at the London Stock Exchange for the Ned Group Investments International Investment Summit. And with me is Simon Weinberger, Head of Systematic Equity in Europe for BlackRock. Uh, welcome, Simon. I know that BlackRock have done quite a lot of work on the future of investment management. And one of the big trends that you've talked about is the use of big data. Can you explain what that means and how you use it to try to create alpha and value? Absolutely, yes. So, I mean, we think the world has really changed. We live in a digital age. There's uh, so much information out there these days that, you know, historically wasn't available, but clearly is relevant for companies and, and, and the economy. Um, you know, as, as it turns out, we use something like three terabytes of data every day to capture, you know, a lot of unstructured information, looking at the web in terms of what people search for, reading between the lines um, of what company executives might say on the earnings call. And all these things actually help to build a more timely and accurate picture in terms of some of the trends we, we see developing. Um, and and which, which parts have you found? Because I imagine that there are parts of the the data that get arbitraged away or become more well-known. Um, how do you make sure that you stay ahead of the curve and don't just follow trends that everyone else is doing and it's actually not really information of, of value? Yeah, that, that, that is a very good question. And, you know, the, the uh, hunt for alpha is, is very competitive. Um, and, you know, we think in order to succeed, it's really all about the interplay between, you know, humans, data, and technology. Um, and so we truly believe sort of a combination of different skills, i.e. like you know, having economists work alongside data scientists, plus having the infrastructure to process data and the budget ultimately to purchase alternative data puts us in a position to be a leader in that space. And um, I think there's only a handful of other players that, that can claim to be on a, on a level playing field with us uh, as far as that is concerned. And you used an example in, in China, which I think is a fascinating place. Could you expand a bit on that example? Yes. Yeah, so uh, China is an interesting place because on the one hand, there's a lot of data available uh, around uh, you know, the uh, retail investors and the, the consumers. Um, and um, it is also a market that tends to be very much dominated by retail investors. Therefore, it's very important to understand sort of how they think, what uh, they like, which stocks they, they might sort of engage in, uh, in purchasing. Um, and so we found various interesting data sources that can capture that retail sentiment, uh, amongst others, uh, so-called bulletin boards, which are basically social media forms for hobby investors where they talk about their investment ideas. Um, and, and what is interesting here is because they are so dominant, they tend to often be sort of late cycle um, in terms of picking up some trends or favorite stocks. It actually turns out to be more of a contrarian indicator. Once you know something gets too hot, um, it might be sort of uh, overpriced and it uh, pays to, 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 to take the other side. If I just switch tack a bit, we, we've seen in one of the trends you identified is very significant outflows from active funds. But the one area that seems to be sort of going against that trend is in the area of ESG or responsible investing. Could you just highlight some of the big trends you're seeing, which parts of the globe, what types of funds and, and what you see happening there? 
Yes, absolutely. And, and we here in, in, in Europe, and clearly sort of Europe has been at the forefront of, of raising ESG as, as something that should be sort of more central to considerations, in particular for active management. Now, historically, sort of people have gone the easy route in that they would just sort of uh, implement some screens. Um, and again, there's some cultural differences that come into play in terms of what people believe is ethical or not actually tends to vary um, as you go from country to country. But it, it was sort of historically all about screens, not holding certain certain names. Um, now I think it's more and more about thinking about ESG more holistically, um, thinking about alpha opportunities come with identifying companies that you know are more ESG resilient. Um, and on the flip side, identifying companies that are more exposed to some of the threats, whether this is, um, you know, the uh, climate change or um, who is more prone to cyber attacks. And again, this is an area where a lot of data is developing. And we think uh, anticipating some of these trends actually uh, will be an important consideration for all active managers going forward. And and if one looks at fees, there seems to have been significant fee compression for a couple of reasons. The one being that we've seen a move from active to passive, and then there's just been reduction in actual fees of both active and passive fees. Where do you see this ending, and how do active managers respond to survive and thrive in the future? Yes, I mean, it's been very, very profound. Um, And... You know, clearly, it's gonna at, at this point be not viable to run an active fund at one percent plus. And you know, keeping in mind that the average active investor underperforms the benchmark, um, I think you know clients have sort of rightly um, abandoned a lot of, of those, those 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 funds. So it's gonna be about sort of articulating your edge and how your alpha can be complementary in the portfolio solution of an end client. So in the end, it's not about active or passive. It's a lot about sort of how to build optimal portfolio with passive and active building blocks, which is why we very much sort of look at um, our portfolios as something that can be complementary to um, passive, but also smart beta um, in that you might well want to have some factor exposures in your portfolio, um, momentum, small cap, value. You don't these days need an active manager. You can just buy ETF products to, to, to cover that. But then you really want to make sure that, you know, the active manager you invest in delivers true alpha that is complementary to, to those uh, sources of return. Great. Thanks very much for those insights. Pleasure. Negroup Collective Investments is an authorized collective investment scheme manager in terms of the Collective Investment Schemes Control Act. Negroup Investments does not provide advice on financial products and will only give you factual information. For further details on our funds and to view our terms and conditions, please visit negroupinvestments.co.za.